74 Tango Whiskey, 2.6 for 3,000, uh, 140 on So what do you guys think about, uh, you know, we're getting close to the draft, and I think that the Flyers' plan is to leave everyone in place, Brent Flair and his staff, to basically conduct the draft with Danny at this point. You guys got any reservations about that? I think Brent Flair is like the only person in this entire organization that I don't have any beef with at this point in time. Just like stay there and draft, like you know, I don't, I don't know if he sticks around much longer. I know Breer said he wants him to stick around, but um, I'm sure if Fletcher ever gets another kick in the can somewhere, which is bound to happen sooner or later, that fucking Flair will be following suit and following him, you know, wherever he goes. But uh, I don't know, I don't have a problem with with Flair's drafting to this point, um, especially during. I, I'm glad they kept him at least for the draft. If they fired him and they fired Fletcher and then some other dude would have to come in and figure this shit out for scouting, and ah, it's too big of a prassle. Like, I, I'm, I'm fine with Fletcher at least seeing through this one and seeing what goes on. I think his drafting has been about as good as it's going to get thus far with some of the returns. Um, overall, uh, I, I, I don't have a whole lot of problem with Flair. I don't either. And if you... I don't know how long he stays after the draft. I mean, Breer can talk about how much he loves him and wants him to stay and expects fully expects him to uh, to stay. But if Brent Flair gets a job opportunity somewhere else, I certainly wouldn't uh, hold it against him. I think is, he's done a good job. He's earned it. Is he under contract, or is Probably. it at or is it at will employment with them? I know most of these guys. I'm mean, obviously players and coaches. Um, yeah, and I think most of the front office all are under, they're all contract employees. There's no at will employment with these, with these sports teams. And that's where, and I don't know if there's, you know, I haven't seen Flair's contract. Um, I would imagine that you would run concurrent with Fletcher's probably, right? Yeah. That's what I would probably think. So if it's not renewed, does it go on some, like some year to year thing. And the reason I thought of that was Manny was because you were talking about, and Dan was talking about as well. Like if he stays that sort of thing, well, does he have a choice in the matter? If he's under contract, he'd have to stay unless he gets fired. Um, but he doesn't have, he can't just say, Oh, I want to go work with chuckles out in, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever fucking team it is. Um, he may just have to stay on. Um, and then also, you know, if you're, if you're Danny, I do think that Brent's done a, a decent job. There's been some, you know, some swings and misses there with, uh, with Teomalo and, um, you know, some of the first round stuff with, uh, avoiding Cole Caulfield, I think has, has some regret to it at this point as well, but we don't need uh, Caulfield. We have Travis yeah. connecting Mike. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> right. Right. So, you know, I think that there is some room for improvement in certain areas. I, I don't think it's been horrible either. I think it's been okay. 
substantially better than yeah, substantially better than Hextall. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. it could be better. I'm sure everyone's track record when drafting could be better. But overall, at this point in time, like. Not yeah. my biggest concern so, is his draft. So let's say that he's here for this draft. Would you want him and Briere obviously will get the permanent GM position. Um, would you want Flair to stick around at that point, even moving forward after this year? Or do you think it might be best to bring in a new drafting department with a new regime? Um. I do think Briere and Flair are probably fairly tight as far as working relationships go, because that's the role Briere was essentially serving during his time here, was, you know, watching the Phantoms and Prospects and whatnot. So, you know, I I don't know the behind the scenes on what exactly there there is, but I would assume they're probably fairly tight. If there was a one to do it, you want to let them see at this draft and then change it up going the next year before the, you know, junior season starts. You could. Um, they would have to hire an outside firm for that one, obviously, and, you know, have them uh, come in and figure everything out because the Flyers can't make decisions on their own. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I really don't have much of a problem with this guy sticking around at this point. Um, I don't know who out there, I don't know. I don't know who's yeah, out there scouting-wise that uh, could be hired or anything like that. I, mm-hmm. I, I really don't, uh, I don't know a whole lot of that side of the game, but... Uh, Chris Pryor. I was, yeah, Chris Pryor's available now. You can bring him back. <laughs> yeah, but uh Yeah, it's true. It's I mean, I think the point that is is interesting here is are they are they thinking to what extent did Flair and Briere have in the current roster and all those bad decisions? We've mentioned Danny was had his hand in that cookie jar yeah. to some extent with all of the horrendous moves that were made in the past year. And there were a lot of them. What about Brent? Is he, I mean, he is an AGM here. Um, isn't he also in the room? I mean, I know his specialty is managing the draft and prospects and stuff he is like Chuck that. Fletcher's BFF, so you have to assume yeah. that he was in that is, war room during the decision. Making. Like, yeah. He has to have say in what they're doing at the NHL level. Right. Probably to some extent, I would assume. I, I can't imagine this guy just follows Chuck Fletcher around the league as just some drafting sidekick, you know. Like, I, I'm sure Chris Pryor had stuff with Hextall, you know. They're, they're, I, I, I don't know what that relationship would have been like, but they are... I mean, Flair has been Fletcher's guy for fucking 20 years at this point. So I would assume that, you know, there was definitely some level of involvement there. Uh, you know, in the direct room here, we talked about the advisors are out fucking on golf courses across the country. They don't give a shit. So it's Briere, Flair, and, and Fletcher were in those roles. So, you know, I, I would assume his hand is in the cookie jar here a bit, but I don't know to what extent he holds on the day-to-day operations versus just the drafting nonsense, because it sure feels like this guy's focused more on the drafting nonsense than than the, the day-to-day hockey ops. But I have no idea what, what, what slice of the pie he had in that one. Do you think that all bets are off once the draft is over? Like, what's his job security like when the draft is done? Be, and, I, and I say that because let's say Danny Briere is the full-time GM. The draft comes and goes. And then he gets a call from new Nashville general manager. Barry Trotz says, hey, 
I've got an assistant general manager position and I want to interview Brent Flair for the job. Does Danny say yes? Or does Danny say, no, he's ours. He's my friend. Hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to stick around here. Are you going to do what's best for your friend and give him a new opportunity somewhere? Or are you going to keep him here? I mean, I think he'd probably keep him in that circumstance, unless it's an elevated role. Um, like he's coming in and you know getting substantially more responsibilities or um, a higher title or something like that. But if it's just another AGM role to just do the same drafting, you know, specialty stuff, I mean, you got to say no if you if you want the guy. Um, and it shouldn't even come down to that anyway. If he wants him, he keeps him. If he doesn't, he should move on. You know, he shouldn't be basing his decision on 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 other GM's interests. See, but if you say no. Then when you're looking for a coach or an AGM or whatever, maybe the organization says, oh, yeah, remember that time you said you refused us? Take mm-hmm. a hike. Go kick rocks. We're not letting you interview our guy. Yeah. I don't. Are the rules the same in the NHL as the NFL where, like, if it's a if it's an elevated title, like the team, like, has to say yes or there's an unwritten rule that they always say yes. But if it's the same, if, if it's a lateral move, then. They typically will say no. I don't know. I think it's 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 unwritten for sure, but I Mm -hmm. don't think that the team has to give permission. Yeah, they could say no. He's under contract here, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But usually, I mean, you kind of want the best for your people, and that means going and interviewing. And if an opportunity is there, then it's there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, frick, Danny interviewed in Montreal, didn't he? I don't think it was a serious. Like he was a you know top contender because they went somewhere else. Yeah, they went, they went for for Hughes. Yeah. And then I wonder how like, and again you know we talked about this too a little bit was when the when a president is eventually named. I mean, you know they would normally have a shit ton of say over over the drafting department and what how that's set up. <laughs> and so is this just going to say oh hey you know not only do you have to keep your GM and your coach, but all the AGMs are staying and the drafting department's been decided. <laughs> it's the exact same one that's been under Fletcher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you gotta keep fucking Brent Flair around too now. <laughs> yeah. You get to keep inherit Breer Flair and John Tortorella in his coaching staff. Yeah. I I would purposely go and interview a whack of scouts <laughs> for this for Brent Flair's replacement as a assistant general manager in charge of scouting in the draft. And I'd be like, I just have one question. Is it too early for the flyers to get Connor? Ah, oh, fuck. Yes or no? <laughs> Tell me what your thoughts are. Cause I, I have a hard time thinking this through <laughs> hell's bells. <clears throat> there might be something about getting a generational talent too early. <laughs> Tell me what are your thoughts on this? Yeah. I just trade up to trade the pick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And if, and if the and if this quote unquote scout says, "Oh yeah, the Flyers are way too early in the pro," I'm throwing that guy out the window. <laughs> I'm like, get the fuck out of here! It's fucking yeah. that scout had to be like related to Ron Hextall or something. No, oh, we can't. We, we can't get him. We need somebody else. I think the whole fucking thing was made up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's probably so. true, based on who it was, and it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> yeah, it's complete nuts. Is it too early to get Connor Bedard? Yeah, yeah, way too early. We need more Cutter Gautiers. 
Yeah, this is it's too early to sign Nick Delorier. Mm. It's, it's yeah. so ridiculous. P- Pittsburgh said the same thing when they had Mario Lemieux available. They said, "Are we ready mm-hmm. for Super Mario?" I don't know. Maybe we should wait <laughs> and think about this for a second. Yeah, I don't think that um, acquiring elite young talent. There is no aversion to that in the Flyers' vocabulary right now. I mean, if if you're if you're 20 years old and you're a and you're a bona fide one C that can that that can score 40 goals for the next 10 years, we got a spot for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure these idiot fans on Twitter, in which case they wouldn't want him. I'm gonna run it back <laughs> with Frost and connect me. Oh, they'll find something. I've they seen will. some people. I've seen some people go, oh, I don't know, man. He's pretty small. He's going to get pushed around. And it's like, okay, have you watched this guy play? Like, he just fucking skates circles around everybody. <laughs> like, it's like it's like Disney on ice, but only it's like hockey version. Yeah. Like, you might honestly, you could put Connor Bedard in a freaking goofy outfit with skates, <laughs> and he'll still outskate everybody. He'll, he'll like do like the, the Michigan, and he'll do. How's that for an idea? Some cross promotion. Let's get Disney involved. Disney on yeah. ice when they were come around at Christmas time for the Flyers and <laughs> they recruit Bedard as he'd be the protagonist in whatever tale they're telling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what did we think about the Flyers uh going over uh their cap hit again? Oh, one point one million dollars excess that'll be hit next year. Because they, uh, Justin Braun's uh, performance enhancers there, uh, sent over the edge. I mean, I think it's just incredibly horrible cap management. I mean, there are certain times where it's fine. I mean, if you're a contending team and you need to acquire players to achieve bonuses to get them on the team and you need to, you know, have those carrots in their contracts, fine. Um, but for this team to have that in there, it, I think it's exacerbated by the bad contracts that they have. Um, but, See, that's the thing is there was yeah. somebody on Twitter this morning that was like, well, the bonuses went to, you know, Noah Cates and uh, who, who that was the other one? Cam York. Cam York and Noah Cates got the two bonuses along with Justin Braun. And then it was uh, Ryan Ellis's LTIR. And they go, well, which one of those would you want gone? It's like, it's not those three that fucking matter. It's the fact that you gave $5 million to Tony D'Angelo like it was fucking nothing. That then Mm -hmm. put the team in that hole. You wouldn't have this problem if you didn't fucking sign that guy, right? Like It's the dumb decisions made elsewhere that they apparently just don't factor into shit when they think of this. They they give all these performance bonuses out like this. That's so stupid. The people are dumb. Yeah. (laughs) They go right away and they go... Well, well, you know what Kate's talking It's like, dude, it's not about Noah Kate's. It's not about Noah Kate's and the bonuses. It's the money that you're frivol- frivolously wasting elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to be, and then and then these are people, let's buy out Kevin Hayes. Well, let's buy out so-and-so. They want to buy out Tony D'Angelo. That's been the most recent one. Yeah. For one Fuck. year, no thanks. That asshole can sit up in the press box. Maybe he can meet with Briere for fucking for 82 <laughs> games next year. Him and John and Briere can be in the, <laughs> for the majority of the season. That's a sitcom right the there. Suite. That's a sitcom. 
three guys in a luxury box yeah. <laughs> eating popcorn. God. Two, two and a half men would have been too easy. <laughs> yeah, like it's not like, you know, like these overages occurred from from JVR hitting his fucking like 20 goal milestone or something. <laughs> and then even I do want to know what team, bonus fucking Justin Braun had in his contract that he managed to hit this year. It's probably an ice time or something. Even still, he only ice. played like 50 games. Yeah. I don't know why they put that stuff in there. He survived without breaking a hip. Way to go, John. Here's another 100000 for you. You get a quarter of a million if you play a forward position. <laughs> and he played left wing that one game, remember? Yeah. Oh, yes! I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. Bonus. Uh, I don't understand why there's so much value in that. Apparently, you know, a lot of GMs have these um, types of things in various player contracts, but what's the value in having all these variables in there? It, like if I was a GM, I would not want that level of variance to occur based upon a lot of benchmarks that apparently are hit a lot by players. Apparently it's a regular, regular thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, like in a flat cap, why would you want those variables? Why would you allow for them? Um, are they really that important to it get must be enticing done? from the player's perspective of some kind? Yeah. Or because thrown the, in from I mean, the, the player's negotiation side are problematic. Yeah. With, with this flat cap and it not going up much, it it's, it turns into a big deal. If it's a big number, I mean, even a million one is rather aggravating. If you did have a team that needed to get to the cap ceiling to contend and was in that level of their life cycle, it, it could be an issue. That's um, a goddamn issue. And the flyers aren't even at that point right now. Yeah. 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 Their off season total now drops to uh 10, one, they got three RFAs to sign. Now they're a fucking million dollars over the goddamn cap hit. Over the cap. Do, do we know what the Noah Cates performance bonus was? I don't know if any of them were stated um, what their like, bonuses were. Because, like, to answer with Mike, like, some of them you can't get around. Like, if you're a first overall pick or a top five pick, there's going to be a bonus. Like, you're getting 925000 mm-hmm. And then there's going to be like, well, if you're a finalist for rookie of the year, you're going to get this much. All that shit's constantly baked into the contracts. Right. And 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 it's like almost standard. It's like automatic. If you're a top five. Top if Jay Fresh five, has you in your top 10 defensive forward lists and you get compared to Sean Couturier <laughs> as a Selkie winner, you get a million dollars. Yeah, I can see that stuff. But like, you know, like uh, if Justin Braun plays more than 40 games like that is just. They have Weirdly the cap friendly has the performance bonus number, but they don't have what the conditions of the performance bonus is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Kate's was at four hundred and twenty five thousand. Uh, York was at seven hundred and twenty five thousand. And who the hell was the other one? Justin Braun, this motherfucker. He had a seven hundred fifty thousand in performance bonuses. Holy hell. So those are the maximum a, numbers they could hit. That's a big number world. relative to his contract. His cap hit was $1 million. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, you can double you can double your money if you play an extra 15 game. Like, what? Where's... Yeah, so... That, I, and then I blame Chuck Fletcher for whatever putting Ellis in was, some uh, stupid clause in there. 
Yeah, I mean, Kate's got 13 goals and 38 points. So maybe if, like, if you get over 10 goals, you get something. If you get over 30 points, you get something. Is that is is like that's the only way that Chuck Fletcher knows how to sign anybody? Apparently, like, you yeah. wouldn't you wouldn't go out of your way to give Noah Cates those bonus things. He's not a first round pick. He's a fifth round pick. Is you that their way mean? around like signing bonuses these days? Is that a thing or probably a different category in general? To not you know front load con they keep things very hittable numbers that they can hit performance bonus wise. Yeah. Instead of front-loading so contracts, maybe? The AAV down for the current year, yeah. but then they just get fucked. <laughs> they if just get cer- fucked in the end anyway. Yeah. I mean, if there's certainty that the player is going to hit it, like a level of confidence that they're going to hit these benchmarks, then you're just going to get murdered the next year. So it's just kind of a, an odd strategy. <laughs> Pain later instead of now. Yeah. like That is the Chuck <laughs> Fletcher way, actually. We're just going to push the suffering off a year. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't put anything past, you know, any contract that Chuck Fletcher had his had his disgusting hands on. I don't put anything <laughs> past. I mean, that guy's a fucking moron, you know, when it comes. I mean, that whole thing with Rob Blake and the Brendan Lemieux trade. Oh, God. Was so, Fuck. so bad. So fucking bad. I mean. Well, we'll just take him. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Chuck, how are things? Yeah. Uh, oh, no other some... recompense needed. Yeah. <laughs> some people talk about. Brendan Lemieux, like he's the best Lemieux ever in the NHL. Yeah, hit all of like better six than, points or whatever it was. Yeah, better than Mario, better than Claude, better than Jocelyn Lemieux. There's a fucking name from the past right there. Lemieux X. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, it's it's like, you know what, Noah? We're, we're uh, Kate's. We're gonna be uh, negotiating your contract. Uh, you're under our control because uh, it's an entry-level deal. So you really have to take what we give you um, if you want to play in the NHL. But uh, here's the contract. Oh, by the way, we're going to give you like performance bonuses and all kinds of shit <laughs> if you really can sign on the dot line right now. Please. Like, th- th- I get the performance bonuses for the rookies and stuff because that's a way that you can entice some of these Russian players, some of the guys in the KHL who they're making, you know, two million bucks or whatever it is, or rubles, I guess, or whatever. They're making big money in the KHL if they're stars. And then they're going to come to the NHL, and for three years they're going to be making 925000 U.S. Mm-hmm. And it's a step down for them. So that's why guys like Kaprizov and, um, you know, all these players get to stay over there. They get to make their money. And then when their contract's done, they can come over. And then, okay, yeah, they get an entry-level deal. But then, like, Kaprizov only had, like, a one-year kind of deal sort of thing because of his age. And then how where he was drafted. And there's, like, all a bunch of things. And then he became an RFA. And then he cashed in with a big contract, right? So, I mean, I guess that's a way to kind of entice players to come over from Europe and especially from Russia and elsewhere. Yeah. but. I don't know. But like, yeah, some of these guys, I, I get like a Lafreniere or I get some of these other guys, you know, Shane Wright or Slavkovsky getting like these bonuses. But like Noah Cates as a fifth round pick. It's like, why are you giving this guy a bonus? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And granted, he's earned it. But, you know, I'm just weird about that. So speaking of the Russian players, I wanted to bring this up, too, with the whole Mitchkov thing. Um, I guess a couple things with him. 
Uh, one is, um, what's going on with his family situation? His father was apparently found murdered in a, creek in a pond or something. Or something. Yeah. Yeah, I don't what? know if there was any uh, follow-up to that one. I didn't hear it anyway. I didn't exactly search that story out. But yeah, his father just uh, mysteriously... Uh, I mean, I mean, that is incredibly <laughs> Got to imagine that disturbing. wasn't, uh, yeah, probably wasn't uh, a natural accident that happened something like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he was just, you know. Taking a stroll and, and yeah. yeah, fell face first and drowned or something like that. He probably, uh, you know, was put there by some uh, KGB or some shit. But, yeah, uh, I mean, that's, it's just. It's a pretty really, hefty message to really send. Crazy. Uh, in In a. Elliot- situation is he gonna be okay i mean you know is mitchkov gonna be okay as like a human being after that i mean jesus yeah that's a rough (laughs) i think the message was sent that this guy's not going anywhere anytime soon (laughs) yeah i i don't know i saw that a lot and i don't know listen i don't or now he could just want the fuck out and get the fuck out of there if he kill all his family there's no reason to stay behind i guess but uh obviously obviously the russian government does what they do but I see this a different way because players get um, pressured by organized crime people and mm-hmm. whatnot. And oh, I, yeah. think, I think Malkin had an issue. Malkin, yeah, um, Malkin had a problem. You know, there, there's people who go like, guess what? I own your contract, so you owe me money. And when you go to the NHL mm-hmm. and you sign your big deal, I'm taking, you know, 40% or 30% or whatever it is. And like, I, I wonder if like that was more related to some sort of, you know, shady underworld dealing. Um, and then God, I can't believe that they did that to, to his dad. I don't know if I believe that the Russian government did that. I'm not, I'm not. So yeah, I don't know if it's a government, but it is. Something play. shady. Something definitely shady was absolutely at play there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, there's that whole thing, and then even just the Russian factor generally, um, if he slips down to, let's say the Flyers stay at seven, um, you know, is he going to be there at seven, first of all? I mean, do you think any other team, he's not going in the top two, but do you think any team between three and six takes him, or will the Flyers be faced with that decision? I have no idea. I don't follow up with the drafting nonsense. Who's in the top 10 this year? I cannot possibly give shit about these picks anymore, but it is an interesting question now. And I saw somebody put a poll. I don't remember who it was a couple weeks ago that after, right after that happened, it was like, now you want the Flyers to draft him? And like three quarters of the people still said yes. And I'm like, fuck man. I don't know. I was, I was pretty anti drafting this guy before his father fucking was killed. Now I'm like, Jesus, this is a, I don't know. I just, it's too big of a goddamn risk given where the Flyers are at. I think there are certain teams that could afford to take a risk on him. If you're the Red Wings, for example, or the Senators, you're a team that are filled with young guys already that are getting ready to break out and get to their peak, and you need that one diamond to you know, potentially down the line somewhere join the team and make it? Fine. I think the Flyers need a young guy right now that's going to contribute within the next year or two that's going to be here and you can celebrate and, you know, that is going to be critical to build around. I don't think you can go into this draft, take Mitchkov, and then you never see him come over. 
That is a disaster if that happens to this team. You just can't risk something like that right now. So even if he's there at seven, I I don't I I don't think I would take him uh, without any kind of certainty. You know, we just witnessed this fucking Ivan Fedotov mm-hmm. thing happen. You know, like do you really want to draft this guy? Pass up on Will Smith or whoever the Christ is there, and then in five years from now you still don't have Mitchkov because he, you know he was fucking arrested in Russia. I don't want that shit. You know, I want Will Smith being on this team scoring goals. Or playing defense. I don't even know what the fuck position he is. It doesn't matter. But the point of the matter is, I, I think this is too critical and too deep of a draft who passed up with something like Mitchkov. I just don't think this team in this position can take that risk right now. You just can't do it. Um, That's the catch-22, though, isn't it? Because what we need is high-end talent. And it doesn't get much higher than Matt V. Mitchkov, who's a right wing. He's small. <laughs> He's like 160 pounds, freaking soaking wet, and care and carrying three sacks of potatoes on his back. But you don't get much more talented than that. I I don't. Nobody that you can draft, other than Fantillion Bedard, have as much talent as him. And I would say he probably is more mm-hmm. talented than Fantilli. So if you need high-end talent, that's kind of a swing that you might have to take. You need high-end talent. That's the problem. You may yeah. not have that high-end talent if he never shows up to play here in the first place. I know, but that's kind of what you're... He's yeah. 100 times more talented dice. than Will Smith or any of these other guys that you're going to get. Yeah, Ryan Leonard. <laughs> so somebody had... Uh, I forget his handle on Twitter. Um, somebody in the Flyers, um, Flyers community had an idea. If the Flyers got the number one pick with Bedard, would they trade somebody like a Carter Hart to a team in that three, four, five range and then pick Mitchkoff there with the hope that in like two or three years you have Bedard and Mitchkoff? Get them both? Yeah. No. I'm not trading Carter Hart. And that is a firm stance I've taken that these idiots on Twitter are just ready. It's funny. We're sitting here playing the show to kept game with Alex Lyon now that he's in the playoffs when these assholes are supposedly ready to trade Carter Hart. Yeah, right. But uh, I wouldn't do it. It's an interesting fantasy, I guess, in yeah. that kind of world. But uh, I don't I don't know. I, I just I, I don't like if you knew Mitch Cobb was going to be over either next year or within the near future, you could guarantee that. Maybe. But I, I still think the idea of just not knowing if you're going to get this guy is just, it, it's something that is too, too, too big of a miss right now for the Flyers to, uh, to, uh, to take. That's the type of shit they'd have to do. If they want to take this shit to the next level, they would need to roll the dice on something like that and hit on it. And it would be like, holy fuck, like this is real shit, you know? So, Keeping in mind with the plan and going forward, John, I've got a question for you guys. And you know what? Actually, Dan, maybe you can ask uh, Anthony DeMarco this. They certainly don't need to give an answer, but we've heard torts, Briere, rebuild, stage one. We're at the beginning stage. We need all these young players to come in. Torts even said, I want young players to beat out some of the veterans. 
which <laughs> believe that one who, when I see it. I wonder who he's talking about there. What's stage two? How do we know when stage one is complete? What is stage two? Is stage two that you're actually competing for, you know, you're in like that, not quite at the wild card, but you're not in the bottom, you know, eight in the league. Is that stage two? What's stage two? What's the next step after this one? Theoretically, it's, it's taking a step forward and getting to that bubble team area. But uh, Jesus. <laughs> That's, I feel like the ugh. Devils were kind of in that for a couple of years. Like so this stage two thing where they had some really good young players and you saw these flashes they would just randomly beat teams like seven, nothing like once a week. But then the other like three games of the week, they would just lose or something. And I think you started to see at that point, Hey, when these guys put it together, like this is for real. Uh, and maybe that's the stage two that you start seeing a core actually coalesce, um, and start to dominate on select nights. They can't do it consistently yet, but you see that there is a level and ability to get there. Um, maybe that's how Torts would define a stage two. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> like internally, <laughs> one would think that they have this planned out. But of course, this is the fly. They don't have shit planned yeah. out, man. They, 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 go, they go on a on a freaking season to season basis and see how it goes. What was what but was like, the excuse Fletcher had? The, the they were the fifth most improved point percentage team or something like that. Whatever the hell is uh, gimmick was there. Then they they mean they want to be the fourth most improved point percentage team next season. They finished what fourth worst last year. They finished seventh worst this year. Next season they can finish ninth worst, and we're really on the <laughs> yeah. fucking up and up. You know that's probably what I would assume they mean by that is one foot in for the other nonsense here. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it isn't even you know where the devils were. I mean, they just need to collect. <laughs> like they have to collect first line players. <laughs> you know. They're not even at that step yet. This is the issue. They think they're at like step three, but they're really at like step negative three. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. The whole Flyers front office is like, holy fuck, we got to do algebra and look at integers (laughs) now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God! <laughs> like, it's so hard to find because like they've approached this whole thing so fucking backwards. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't get my mind on that, Manny. It's like it's like a time traveling question. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I mean, like internally, they they they're supposed to do this the right way, so they don't need an answer now. And certainly, Danny Briere as interim doesn't know anybody an answer right now because he's the interim. But I would hope that, listen, next year, regardless of what people on Flyers Twitter say, the Flyers are not making the playoffs next year. And I don't even think that they're going to be particularly close to the playoffs next year either. Um, I'd like for more communication from Danny 
and from whoever the president's going to be to say, this is where we are. And the next step is when we see the team doing this, and this is what we're going to do. And then after that kind of, kind of outlay outline, maybe not a complete roadmap, but give us a better idea of what this looks like. And I know people are going to want the timeline and they're going to want to know how many months and how many weeks and all this. And I'm not even going that far, yeah. but just a general, what's step one, what's step two, what's step three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nope. I mean, they did say a lot of stuff like what's kind of interesting about some of the quotes at the end of season press conferences was I think Tortorella mentioned subtraction a lot. Um, and he did not mention addition at all. So (laughs) (laughs) not to get too mathematical on you, but, uh, Oh my God, more math. (laughs) (laughs) Negative three subtraction. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Third grade math, math class. But, um, (laughs) I'm wondering with, with those subtraction quotes that what the plan is from them is to just have an, is to just try to get another, I mean, are, are these guys going to try to get like a top three pick in, in 2024? I don't know. Like, is that what they want to do? I can't imagine that's their desired plan. I mean, Tortorella fucking sounded off quite a few times this year at the idea of tanking for Bedard. So I don't think you're throwing it away for whoever the hell the guy is next year. I don't think that's the desired plan. I think when Tortorella uses the term subtraction, I kind of take that to be the players he does not like or the players that he does not think fit in the room, right? The chemistry breakers or the players that he doesn't like. I put a piece about this a few weeks ago. You know, guys like... Now, well, now D'Angelo, that he fucked that one up. Clearly, there's something going on there. You know, he clearly has a problem with Allison and Lazinski, guys like that. You know, maybe Farabee, because he's not up to snuff. Maybe Provrov. But I, I just, in my sense, the way I kind of read the tea leaves on his subtraction quote was always more building the room versus necessarily stripping it down talent-wise and mm-hmm. doing it rebuilding that way. And, yeah, that's probably right, Dan. Yeah. Um, I don't know, not exactly a sexy option going into the summer, but especially yeah. like a lot of the guys in his dogs, like Felix Sandstrom and Allison, like those are guys that you're not going to get much for via trade. So I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no. I mean, they're going to need to figure out. I just am not sure. So their their plan for the, like their first line, so to speak, is what like whoever they pick this year and Cutter Gautier, are those guys going to be like like their best players? Yeah, moving forward, pretty much. Yeah, that Gautier on the left, or probably at center. Let's be real here. And then whoever they take this year, and then fucking Forster, I guess. Yeah, or connecting if they decide to keep his dumbass around all these years. But uh, yeah, that, that's their top line because we can't get anybody out from the outside, and we got yeah, nobody I'm in the sh- inside that's a real quality. I'm not sure about? Them, so. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I think I think that's what they. It's think, what you're but... doing. I mean, you have confidence it's kind in of that? kind of fucking hope it No, fuck no, I don't have confidence <laughs> that. You kidding me, fool? <laughs> God. Oh, there's there's people out there that think that Provorov and number nine can get us Connor Bedard. What? And probably. 
these people are morons. <laughs> they think we're going to vault into the top two. No, I think yeah, there are exactly. some years when you can make that claim, but I don't think this is one of those years no. where you're going to reasonably snag a top three pick from any of these teams, especially with this team that falls into the fucking top three that's beyond like ninth place or whatever falls into first place. I don't think they're giving that pick up. They're yeah, going to thank no, their lucky no stars chance. and move Zero. on. Yeah. yeah, especially when it's a Metro team. Yeah, that doesn't help either. Yeah. So, so if the Flyers don't win, like let, let's say Bill Daly's there at the draft lottery, we got to do like a live watching show, <laughs> and like it's like number number seven, Philadelphia Flyers. Like right there, I'm I'm punching my laptop or I'm throwing something <laughs> at the TV, and then through the cracks in the LCD screen, I'm going to be seeing Bill Daly going through the numbers, and then fucking. Sure enough, number one's going to be fucking Washington. Yeah. Or, or Columbus. And when mm-hmm. that happens, and all these people on Twitter in Flyerland are going to be bitching. And I'm going to say, you know what, assholes? You could have fucking. You could have finished in the bottom five, but you didn't want to. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. You didn't want to. In the bottom three would be huge for them. And then people are going to say, well, Washington didn't tank. Yeah, and they got Bedard. <laughs> Congratulations. Now we're going to have that guy fucking pummeling us for the they next damn 10 years. Damn near made the playoffs, too. 